Hello, and welcome to the Moonwise Lunar Forecast for August 30th through September 28th, 2019. I'm your host, Dorte Sophie Royal, and today we'll check in with Susan Lipschitz of Everyday Medicine Woman as she takes a look at the upcoming month and gives us her take on the astrological, lunar, and collective energies that we're experiencing. In this forecast, Susan shares insights into the energy of Virgo as we take stock of what has blossomed this summer. She advises us to get our house in order and find the sacred in the mundane. She provides recommendations for stones, flower essences, and other practices to work with the energy of the month. I want to take a moment to thank our incredible community of Patreon subscribers who make this show possible. If you've enjoyed our shows and find value in this community, please consider subscribing at patreon.com slash moonwise, where I'm sharing writing prompts, PDF guides, behind the scenes videos, and other treats. Before we begin, I want to acknowledge that many of us are feeling tremendous grief as the devastation to Mother Earth becomes impossible to ignore. The recent fires in the Amazon have served as a wake-up call for many to come to terms with our relationship with nature and the feminine on the planet. In this episode, Susan and I share some of our favorite resources for working with difficult emotions. In addition to self-care, if you're feeling helpless or hopeless about the news, please consider making an offering of honey, food, flowers, or song to Mother Earth. You can also make an offering to a tree or to your ancestors. It can be as simple as putting a bowl of food on your windowsill or pouring some milk into a little hole in your garden with intention. Every little bit truly does make a difference, so I encourage us all to think about what we can do to lend support. Okay, on with our show. Hi, Susan. Thank you so much for joining us on the show today. My pleasure. It's always so wonderful to have a conversation with you and to share with our wonderful listeners and community. Well, I'm really glad to speak with you right now because it seems that there is so much happening in the world here on our planet, and I'm sure also shifts happening up in the stars and really looking forward to your insights and how we can help ourselves and our communities root and really care for ourselves as we I guess, come to terms with what's happening as this summer kind of comes to a close and we start to look toward the fall. What can you tell us about where we are? Um, No, I absolutely hear you. I think we're in um, a collective kind of sorrow and um, a great deal of powerlessness that we're feeling right now, um, given what's going on in the Amazon, and which is not the only place where there are throughout the world, you know, a very serious... um, uh, fire and you know this that what is going on in the loss that we're feeling that will affect us globally on so many levels and um, it it is mirroring back and forth in our country and in our world not only a, a result of how we have um, you know the, the um, John Perkins who wrote different books about shamanism uh, is you know he still does and um, speaking about after having worked for the World Bank and then you know going throughout the world in places like Ecuador and Brazil and starting his dream change coalition and all of that but when he would talk to the shamans this was 20 30 years ago about some of the changes earth changes that were going on there and the stripping and the deforesting and the rainforest 
and they would say, you know, the world, the, the Western world had a dream, and now they didn't include the earth, and so we need to change the dream. And so, in terms of that notion of what we forgot in order to become industrialized, in order to produce, in order to all those ways we see the signs of that, and we even see in astrology um, the particular cycles that we're coming into next year um, with with this enclave, you know, with Jupiter then coming into all these major planets in Capricorn and the impact um, that that's that really speaks to around full circle around decisions that were made in the um, building and the establishment of structures and, and systems of the patriarchy uh, and how they did establish a certain kind of building and a certain kind of hierarchy and now how an element of those is what's destroying us. And so, you know, it is again the rise of the sacred feminine and the sense of what we forgot that we need to remember and what is that notion about as we talk about the wake-up call, what can what is lost now from that, just like we looked at Ice Age and times in the we would look backwards and when we study, you know, archaeology and anthropology and we look at cultures and civilizations that never recovered but evolved and adapted what do we do now when we're watching this in the midst of it and um, how do we bring a thoughtful strategic empowering and necessary call to action on so many levels and we're all so bereft about it and so it, it definitely is a, you know a really uncertain time and so you know hopefully we can speak a little bit more I'm, I certainly don't have any more wisdom I think than anyone else um about it, but I think it's something that we do have to have certainly dialogue about and and in a moment where we can be together and be in a place of um, safety together and a place of consciousness and a place of peace, for lack of a better word, so that we can um, center ourselves in what we feel is most meaningful for each and every one of us to do uh, and to be, that we can move through this and to be together. Yeah, and you and I were just chatting before we started to record about some really helpful practices and resources, so we'll definitely get into that in this podcast to help everyone um, work through some of these big feelings and uh, experiences, but first I would love to hear about this new moon and kind of like what the, the placement of the stars and the moon are telling us about where we can find ourselves right now. Yeah, absolutely. So we're in a new moon with our beautiful adaptive Virgo, our, our uh, sign of service. And that will be on the 30th of August. Um, it's at 4.36 a.m. And that's central standard. So that will be adjusted depending on your time zone. Um, so it is an earlier morning uh, new moon. And those, those are really sort of lovely because we're starting the rising sun in that new moon and we're starting the new moon cycle. So this is in the sixth uh, sign. And so it governs the sixth uh, house in the, in the zodiac wheel, which has to do with daily habits and it has to do with um, daily work habits and daily health habits. So the new moon in Virgo, it's also at six degrees. So six seems to be the vibration, you know, that is in play here as we hit this new moon. It's a mutable earth sign, and it's one of two signs that are ruled by Mercury. 
Uh, and so with, with Virgo being a mutable sign, a mutable earth sign, it means rather than, you know, the other earth signs are Capricorn and Taurus. And those are more like Taurus is a very fixed earth sign. It's the earthy, it's literally earth. So it's got that really sense of I am holding us sturdy, which we've talked a lot about because Uranus has gone in there and it's breaking everything up. Um, and Capricorn, which we've been talking a lot about because we've got these major, you know, these major um, planets that are moving through there that are also uh, restructuring the systems in place. So there, that's our legacy, social responsibility. It creates the systems that kind of keep us in play with what we're committed to and how we function. So it's another, that, that kind of earth sign that organizes us or we organize too. But um, this mutable earth, it's more like um, it's kind of the kind of soft earth that we put our hands or we put our feet into and it responds. It's, it's the earth that allows us the sweetness of being able to gently put the flowers in um, or to be able, we have a different interaction with this earth sign. It's a real exchange of energy. You know, it's like when we, um, when we just even water our plants or our flowers, we immediately feel how the earth responds and it softens. So it's almost like it's speaking to us. It's got that dynamic in, interplay with us. And that's interesting when we think about it because it's ruled by Mercury and Mercury is a planet of communication. It's a planet that um, organizes information and so when we think of it in Gemini, it's that ideas, it's the sharing of ideas, it's the communication and the exchange. Um, it's the, at the mental level because it's an air sign. And so it moves very quickly and it kind of helps us bring concepts forward and receive concepts in. It is an oracle. Mercury is an oracle. When we think of Mercury, it's, you know, the, the symbol of Mercury, it's got um, you know the wings on the on its shoes, and it's got a wing on the, on its um, helmet. So it's that movement through um, you know through the cosmos that it's in in astrology. You know, in terms of that um, ability to convey on many levels, it doesn't have it. It will be the oracle for all of the gods or goddesses, so to speak. So when we think about um, Mercury ruling the mutable Earth sign of Virgo. It's got an exchange of energies, but it's an application. So when we're talking about Virgo, we're talking about applying our life, applying the concepts that we know. Um, it's, it's a, it is a sign of service, and it is a sign of healing. And it is very much this experience of the interplay of, of the need to acknowledge the reality of a body to acknowledge the reality of a day-to-day -day life, to be able to see that if we don't show up for the day-to-dayness of life, it falls apart. And so Virgo's an incredible teacher of that. because it, And so we could say like our kids are our greatest teachers or our pets or our animals, whatever's alive around us that we're responsible to, um, it, it is that selfless service because it's, it is the Zen of life where we, it is in the showing up of something and in the drudgery of it, right? Like getting up every day and making the food or, you know, tending to whatever we're tending to that needs us. It can feel like a burden or a stress or difficulty, you know, when it's, when it's out of balance or it can feel overwhelming, but it's how life works and knowing that something is tending to us at the same time. And I think that's where we lose sight that Virgo also in that beautiful way can let us know about. So 
with that sense about Virgo, and um, it, it also, when we work with it and we see that the full moon, because remember we talk about that, so if Virgo is the sixth sign and it's mutable um, Earth, when we look across the zodiac, so what's going to be the full moon, which is the opposite sign, um, when we reach that in two weeks, which is where we see the result of this new moon and whatever we planted or the intentions that we set, that will be in Pisces, and that's a mutable water sign. And so with that in mind, if Virgo is the container or Virgo is the application of our healing and our service, then we look at you know, we look at um, Pisces on the other end, and Pisces is sort of that without container, the broadest sense of what is possible and what we, what our spiritual philosophical beliefs are, what cannot be contained through the body, what not, what is beyond the mind, right? So those are the spiritual um, philosophies, but alone. We have to make them into practice. But if we only do the drudgery without that understanding of what drives us and what unifies us and what enhances and creates sacredness, it's just burdensome. So when we think about Virgo, we have to remember, or I really like to remember, it it is common sense. It's like Virgo's the application of what we've learned. Um, But but Virgo can also be... um, Again, if we don't realize that in the mundane is the sacred, it can start to feel like it's, um, it just can feel burdensome and it can feel really kind of um, absent of joy or absent of, of uh, a greater kind of energy. So I think with the Pisces-Virgo polarity, it in its truest sense or its fullest sense, if we remember it going into this lunation, it really gives us, as we talk about whether it's as above, so below, or it's that sense of we have to keep our eye on the details and the bigger picture, the coming out and the coming in, like the moonflower, you know, the breath out, the breath in, um, the tides, that kind of thing. So that's in, in that intrinsic sense of the exhalation and the inhalation with aerating the experience of the earth and the air, we have that experience. Um, So again, it's the dissemination of information. And I think as it relates to what's happening, you know, so every year at the end of summer, uh, preparing us for the fall seasonal change, uh, when we hit the equinox and we go into zero degrees, which will be right before the the new moon. And then so we'll hit this lunation at the end, uh, the new moon that goes into Libra. it, it's a beautiful kind of stillness. It's the end of st- summer where we take stock. You know, we can slightly see the light changing. We can feel it, you know, moving a little bit, you know, a little coolness in the air. And it's so it's, it, it's also like we can feel that whatever is blossomed. There are some, obviously there are some um, flowers and some uh you know, different different foods, different things that we're growing that will still come up that are end of summer and certainly take us into fall squashes and pumpkins and things like that. But what's already been grown, like much of the fruits and things, are already in place. So we start to take stock. That's literally. But metaphysically and, and mentally and emotionally, it's, you know, that saying of what did we grow from the spring and where are we now? What did we, did we grow uh, and what did we learn and what did we, what flourished in this time? And whatever that might mean. 
And so we take stock. So we look backwards in that moment to sort of reflect a little bit. And we'll talk about that for a minute in terms of some of our prompts and our reflections. But it is that stillness of saying, okay, what did we learn? How do we want to apply it? What did we, um, how do we want to harvest what we've developed? And in harvesting, we know, and you know with the work you do in terms of all the things that you forage and when you work into your essences, right, that you don't, you, you um, there's that alchemizing or that, uh, you know, in that balsamic phase right before the full moon, it's at getting the essence of something. So it's in its greatest potency, you know, or the drying it out, like some way that it's adaptable, that it can be used in our foods or used in our bodies. When we think about Virgo, it's kind of like when we watch um, animals or birds where they'll, the mamas will, you know, they'll, they'll take and they'll eat a little bit of the, they won't eat it, but they mash it up a little bit with their teeth and then they feed it to their babies because they're making it so it's more digestible. You know, even breast milk, when you think about it, the body has this incredible way of feeding babies. So we think about that we, um, Virgo rules the spleen, which is some of part of how we digest, and it rules like the stomach or the intestines. So it's that time of saying we need to digest what we've learned, and we also need to disseminate it, and we need to release it. So it's a time where that's when we do a lot of detoxing, or we do a lot of cleansing, we do a lot of letting go of things, you know, we kind of feel that it's also that time where we're starting school again, or we have that sort of ingrained in our bodies. So you know, there's different times, even though it's the fall. So it's actually taking us in from a from an end of the year perspective. It's the last quarter of the year. From an astrology point of view, we're taking into the last half of the year because the, the astrological New Year is actually in the spring. And then, but in the Jewish New Year starts in the fall and schools start in the fall for the kids who are going to school and college. So we're embedded and we just feel that way. Okay, okay, enough of summer moving into fall. So that's why Virgo is a time of the year where there's a bit of stillness and there's a bit of that helping us get ready for the change from the summer to the fall. In Chinese medicine, um, the the, um, element is the earth. We think about that in terms of really wanting to pay attention to the mutable earth and the way that Virgo takes us in, which is so beautiful. Um, And really opening up our five senses, because once we get going with the fall again, there's just that call to action. And so we start going inward, or we put on clothes, or we're, you know, kind of moving in that way. So we want to really see, oh, let's really um, allow our five senses to become more aware, you know, of how it's feeling outside and what we're smelling and what we're experiencing with our touch, what were the sounds and what the colors, you know, and just letting us take in. To me, the sensory information and that notion of application of Virgo, of Virgo being, you know, Mercury driven is to me, Virgo is so feminine and it's the application of the sensate living in our lives. There's a very sensual element to Virgo to me, even though it might feel like it's um, the dutiful Virgo. We get a lot of those, you know, Virgo's about perfectionism. And, you know, I kind of tease about that too, you know, oh, that's so Virgo of you, um, and can feel a little bit of controlling. Um, but Virgo Virgo commands order, and Virgo, whether you are a Virgo or whatever placements you have it, it's in our chart, and it's in the season. So we really want to take um, use of it. Virgo, Mercury, because it, it coordinates ideas, processes, and curiosity, um, Virgo, in that way, wants us to get some practices going. 
And so when we talk in general, you'll say, what practices can we do? And I would say with Virgo, it literally means, you know, we never, we never reach perfection, which is why the irony of perfectionism is when we, when we strive for perfectionism as a goal, we suffer. But when we understand that we're constantly in the art of something or the mastery, that one day, you know, we can really feel in harmony and sync with our systems and our practices in order. And then the next day we feel off balance that we know that the next day brings the opportunity to return to the same thing, which is why whether we use a practice of meditation or yoga or whatever it might be that we return to, I find personally dishwashing very meditative and it I do it every day. So it's like, okay, here's a moment where we can just go into sort of a groove and it's actually helpful because it feels really good to clean up. And it also just lets me go into this mindless activity where I can um, put myself to service, to work. But, you know, Virgo is also connected to the maiden, the maiden of, um, that are, that is the maiden of the harvest. And Virgo, when we think about it at a sacred goddess level, is Virgo is the virgin whole unto herself. So Virgo um, is quite sacred in that way. And taking off the virginal, as we think of it from a particular religious connotation, and we liberate that and we really reclaim it. Um, what's interesting, we have, I think, five planets in Virgo right now, and we have Juno placed uh, nestled in between mercury and the and the moon when we look on our on this new moon chart and juno is hera and that is the asteroid that has to do the feminine asteroid um, that has to do with how we marry and marry not only in a conventional way but how we commit it's it's that practice of of remembering that we need to be whole unto ourself and juno or hera it was said, always had these sacred rituals where she married herself. And she would go into a sacred you know, place where she had the, uh, the temple, and she would go into that moment, into the sacred mystery of that. And that's, a, I think, a very beautiful practice, even if we did that for every new moon as women, where we just said, I am going in to remember my holy self. So that also says to me to please remember that our body is our vessel, our holy vessel, our body is our temple, our body is our home. Whenever we're talking about earth signs, we always talk about that. And we talked about that when we did the work around Taurus, and we certainly, because earth is our home and earth rules Taurus, but when we're talking about Virgo being adaptable in that way and healing. So when we're in the Virgo season, it often heals, I cannot tell you, it's like rings like a bell, whatever season we're in, I always remember it because of, you know, clients coming in and myself included, but a lot of people are calling me with healing crises. And, you know, it's, it's really Virgo will bring it on. Because Virgo is a wake-up call a lot of times to say, get your house in order um, at a physical level. Like, so we could be tripping over things or trying to find things. And, you know, when Virgo, remember Mercury goes retrograde, we lose things. Well, Mercury rules um, Virgo. And so it's communicating. It's always letting us know and telling us our guides are working with us and saying how we can make things easier for ourselves. But it's not magic. The magic is in the mundane, meaning we need to show up for the magic to happen. You know, it's like windmills or watermills or all the things that we see that keep everything going in life, the boiler rooms, that's Virgo. That's digesting. It's keeping things going. 
whatever, a lot of people, when, when do they die or when we talk about it, we say their body systems shut down. It doesn't matter what disease they have, when the body systems shut down, we no longer live. So when we don't apply these systems, the simple systems in our life, our life doesn't work for us. It doesn't matter how much money we have. You know, it doesn't matter all those things around us. We still need to show up in some way. And the universe and our life and our teachings and our karma will always take us back to that, you know, whatever that might be, the area in our life. So Virgo is is in that simple way. It's the daily showing up. The practice is perfect in the imperfection. So where we get in the hamster wheel of Virgo is when we don't have a sacred or a magic or we're not doing it with joy. That's when the maiden, we talk about like the maiden of the harvest, or we use the word maiden, or we use the word service. Service can turn into servitude. Maiden turns into maid. I mean, how many times do women or mothers or that energy walk around going, I'm tired of picking up for you? whoever is around us that isn't doing their share, then it becomes servitude because it's whoever can't tolerate the, you know, the disorder is the one who'll do it. And we need a system of collaboration and reciprocity. So Virgo, what we need to do is to be able to speak. Remember, Mercury, we have to speak what we need with Virgo. Um, otherwise, we're going to get stuck into servitude. And on the other side of the polarity with Pisces is that Pisces also, even though we talk about Pisces like the most, you know, spiritual sign, it is also the sign because if we get too entrapped um, in being in service, again, it will result in it can rule institutions, prisons, you know, that experience of being in service to the guru, losing our own free will. So we always have to see that we have free will even in service, because Virgo has no off button, it's a being of service. So a lot of times, again, whatever prominence we have in Virgo, but um, certainly Virgos will find and can find that they really can get into the martyr-victim kind of cycle. Because like I said, the hamster wheel, when we feel uh, that we are powerless and that we are just trapped in the giving, it's we can't look away or stop. And so then the result is a tremendous amount of depletion, and then it can be anger at ourselves and resentment for those around us. And that can become a very rigid, embittered, um, and burning out kind of experience. So we're not helping anyone when we, um, again, don't remember that one of the big teachings within this is to remember self-care. And remember, we've got those wonderful teachers of those eclipses that have been teaching us in the North Node about cancer, which is enhanced self-care um, in that way. So we want to remember that. So uh, the other thing about Virgo and in this time with the mutable signs, I really feel that the mutable signs are the most spiritual because they are this, this um, element of, try, of enabling and supporting us to uh, really have the subtleties of life as opposed to the the fixed or the call to action. We're not, you know, totally in the action of seasonal changes and we're not in that fixed way of helping hold everything up. We're in adapting and evolving and learning in that time. So they, they really give us a lot of flexibility. And so they offer also offer, I think, an ability to be contemplative during this lunation because as we reflect upon what we've learned over the past six months um, from harvest to harvest, from starting in the spring to the fall, 
um, it allows us to become reflective and it allows us to see that, that a lot has been learned. So I think one of the things I really want us to encourage ourselves to see, just like we talk about seeing ourselves as being stewards and guardians of the earth, I also think it's important to see it for us because remember, we we are the guardians of ourself and the guardians of boundaries for ourselves and the guardians and, and the awareness and contemplate the capacity of our own intuition. Because when we think about Virgo as assimilating information, working with our stomach and our intestines and our digestion, it has to do with our gut wisdom. So when we ask ourselves, what does it really, what is our intuition as an embodied in an embodied way, what does it really feel like when we feel we're right on our path or feel something's askew? That when we start to really get in those body signals and body signs, um, or when our digestive digestion is off can really be a big signal that um, something's off in general, that something's bugging us. What is it? So it can be a signal as opposed to just saying, oh my gosh, something's wrong um, with our bodies, you know? So practicing healthy boundaries, which in a way is the antithesis of Virgo, because Virgo is of service, is a, a really, really important kind of feature. Because again, ruled by Mercury, Mercury um, is always giving us the signs and the information. And there's a little bit of a trickster energy to, you know, to, to Mercury in general, because it is a little bit playful and it's a little bit of giving us um, giving us the breadcrumbs as for us to interpret. So I think with boundaries, you know, we talk a lot about that, about we need healthy boundaries. But I think it, it really asks us to invite to ourselves, you know, am I, am, am I knowing what feels right for me in a relationship? Anna, am I communicating that? What is it that I need? Are my expectations reasonable? Or am I giving responsibility to someone else that is really mine? Um, are people putting in my lap something that is really theirs? Uh, are we both showing up, taking personal responsibility to our own well-being, our own happiness, our own fulfillment? Um, you know, so, so how can we be safe? How can we create that sense of safety and that sense that, that both people or ourselves as, as taking responsibility for ourselves, that we really know ourselves and that we really understand what that means to feel like it's okay when someone is intruding, that we can um, find the language, even though it's really can feel difficult to, um, to articulate what feels um, appropriate for us and what it feels appropriate in the company of others. It's something that, we, that we're always learning and growing with, and it's very humbling, and it's, it can feel really hard because we, wanted, we don't really want to hurt people, but at the same time, the, only, the greatest way for safety and for everybody to feel um, understood and, and really feel like a sense of ease and relaxation and true freedom is when we're all taking good care of ourselves. And so, um, you know, we were talking again, chatting and saying that Pixie Lighthorse, she has a beautiful book on boundaries. Yeah, her book is called Boundaries and Protection. And what's really neat about her writing is that it encourages you to read it out loud. And so you can really voice some of what that can feel like in your body to actually say and pronounce for yourself. Yeah. So again, when we think about, you know, this aeration or this mutable earth, we think about it in the context of everything. So we've got right now in the sky, as we hit this lunation, we've got um, 
all the planets. So we've got, I think, five planets in, Ur, in, in Virgo, but we've also got several planets in that south node in Capricorn, which is another Earth sign. And then the only other ones we've got are, are mutable. We've got um, uh, Sagittarius. Uh, we've got Jupiter in Sagittarius, its own sign, which is fire, but it's mutable. And then we've got um, Pisces, and we've got Neptune in Pisces, which is mutable water. So it's a wonderful kind of new moon that is really inviting us to understand and to be in the process of our own evolution. It's not a real rigid new moon. It's a new moon of allowing ourselves to grow and to change uh, and to allow that change with what we're learning in this early fall. So the contemplation and the patience and the resourcefulness of this time is really beautiful. Um, the Sabian symbol for this um, this lunation, which we talk about, it's really interesting. I think it's kind of provocative. Um, it's a harem. And so the feminist in me is like, harem, oh my God, it's the bondage of the patriarchy. And you know, I'm like going into all of that. But then I'm also thinking about how women bond under bondage or sort of where we find each other in our collective, like even in a way like, what do we discover when, when women come together and what do we find that can be a refuge in a way that we are surprised about? And so it could even be work situations or it could be even like if we're, if we're parents, particularly of young kids, we find that we become friends with other parents of the young kids that hang out. And it's like, wait, these wouldn't be the people I would normally hang out with. We find ourselves in groups of people, but we also find the commonality and we find ways of being in rhythm and we find compromise and we find ways to work together. Um, so there's many ways that there's a, um, an interpretation on that Sabian symbol. But I think of in Virgo, you know, it's that saying of Aini in, when we're thinking about, you know, thinking about the Amazon or thinking about in Peru. Aini is a Quechua word for today, you know, today for you, tomorrow for me, meaning um, we need to be in sacred reciprocity and work together or we don't survive. It's not even a matter of preference. It's a matter of we need to learn how to understand we are connected. And so in a harem, maybe that's an interesting interpretation. So we want to think about, you know, again, the, the um, goddess in the earth form and that movement and the surrender and the sign of patience and practice. So like I said, it is the common sense um, symbol for the movement uh, in our life. Um, Virgo, or if you are Virgos or you have Virgos in your life, I think they will, they do appreciate order. Um, they need the application. So they're the Virgo part of ourselves is going to come in and say, and that's why you, we must have a Virgo in our lives, because they're going to say, all right, I'm going to draw a map. I'm going to put the how we bring this into form. So anything that we have to do, we need some sort of map around it. We need the punch list. We need the list. We need to understand the step-by-step -step process in order to um, to make it, to fulfill it. You know, the growing corn sense that it's great that we have all these ideas, but if we don't put them into reality and we don't bring them into form, we will not have the food. We won't actually have what we've grown to fruition. So I think with this in mind, um, we want to think about what have we harvested over the past six months, because we're getting close again to the equinox, into that sense of this is the time of the, of the harvest. We time to stay, take stock of our lives. Um, how can I practice healthier boundaries? What is the best um, way that we want to, what is in need of purging or detoxing? What is a new practice I want to start or a habit that I wish to engage with? 
this is I, I this is the new moon, right? I mean, it is really supportive of letting go what is not serving us, that classic, and starting to really to lovingly start a new practice. It'll really give us that movement. Um, with that in mind, so asking you know those questions really help us in that way in creating um, the opportunity to be resourceful into what we need to really do. Um, how can I enhance and get in touch with my intuition better? What are the ways that I maybe don't pay attention that truly are my, that is my intuition speaking to me and how I cannot ignore it, you know, how I can really engage with it better. Um, and what am I feeling entrapped or stuck in? Remember the, the, the hamster wheel that I've overcommitted to because I felt dutiful, I felt obligated, I felt was in need, nobody else was doing it. And how do I want to turn that over? I know, you know, a lot of people will say that to me, I feel like I can't let that go. No one else will do it if I don't do it. And that is a way we really get trapped because uh, it just binds us, our identity. Whenever you feel your identity is trapped, it's a form of the ego. Because once we've identified into a way that only us can do it. It's a little bit of that martyrdom, that savior thing, you know, that I'm the one that's going to rescue. And initially we can, and it's awesome. But we also have to see that it, we're not, we're also not letting other people go in, whether it's leadership or it's functioning or seeing what we're capable. So we have to keep remembering that there's times for us to come in and do something. And there's times when we're holding on too long and it's causing us suffering and struggle that we're not serving anybody, you know, most of all ourselves. And so again, it's it's separating our identity from that. And I think that's an important consideration. And, you know, Virgo and Mercury will help us kind of understand that process or or what we're hiding from in that process as well. And you know, when we talk about what we're what we're growing and the roots of what we're growing, um, that gives us in the roots, it gives us the um, the information that continues like the roots of who we are or the roots of, of what connect us to the earth. Um, that, that in that tree, the tree teaches us so much about, uh, again, when we talk about the individual tree, but then when we think about the roots and we know that roots beneath the soil are very interconnected. Trees grow in, you know, they have their, their own origin and they have that way that they're interconnected at, inside the rootedness under the earth, that they have a life and they have a way that they communicate with one another. So just thinking about our communities or our families or our, you know, what we're connected to um, in, the, in the source and the origin of who we are, we have that psychic connection, which might be more of the Piscean, and we have that physical connection, which in the geography, which is the roots. So the tree systems and connecting with trees over this lunation are very powerful. Um, and then really paying attention to trees that are around us because remember Virgo's the mundane pay attention to not only the trees that are the most calling to us and the most beautiful but particularly if you live in a city you know we don't pay attention a lot of times to this to the trees that are right in front of you know our, that walk near us or have a pole near them or something like that but but love them animate them if you put your hand on them or you bring them little crystals or tobacco or something and you put near them you're offering them, you're awakening them, the spirit of those trees. And they're so, they just come alive with the notion that, that we are honoring those, the, the beauty of those trees, you know. And um, 
those are really beautiful practices. And watch kids outside. They're great teachers for this time of year because they'll wrap themselves around little trees. They'll stop and pick things up on the street, you know, just like, you know, kind of like a, a dog will pick up a stick and then they carry the stick around the whole time, even if it's impractical and it's hard for them. We really want to be more aware of all the beautiful, um, you know, elements around us and to be very present for those, you know. And so trees also, they when we look up at the trees, because right now they're so filled with leaves, they um, also reflect the winds in the movement and the light in the trees and the water that's held on the trees. So we want to savor every moment of the early fall or the late summer and trees pulling us up to what's above, like that Piscean energy and the moon lunations. So during the course of this lunation, starting with the new moon and then seeing that slight crescent, and as the moon builds, just noticing how trees will be wonderful as we look up and then we can see the the moon cycles, you know, are really beautiful and how all the calendars are very much other than our you know, Western calendar are very connected, like the Celtic trees and you know the Celtic calendar and the Hebrew calendar. They're they are marked by by the lunations and connected also to trees. So it's another way that we can be in the feminine and the movement of the trees. I just want to add that the trees are also having a hard time right now, and because all trees are connected, they are connected to the trees in the Amazon and elsewhere in the world where Mother Earth is going through changes and also under siege and so noticing trees and making offerings to trees even like taking a bit of your sandwich or a cookie or something or or more um to your favorite tree or like you were saying susan like the the little scraggly ones in the parking lot or something that it does make a difference and i think a lot of folks are feeling right now or saying at least on social media like oh thoughts and prayers are not enough you know we need to take action and i think that that's true but also i don't want us to forget the incredible power of thoughts and prayers as well so anything you can do to offer to trees and mother earth right now i think is really it is really helpful it's really important to um, invite all of us to have that consciousness because remembering that there are when when we understand that energetically you know that our the energy of who we are, the spirit of who we are, that the nature of who we are, that we're, we are, that's why I was talking about the elements, that we are the elements. And uh, astrology is just another way for us to remember that we are all connected and that we're also connected to the invisible realms as, we're, as well as nature realms. And so with that in mind, in the blessings or what is considered just like when we speak, when we sing, when we offer all that we care about with that kindness, with that vibration, out into the world, out into nature, we're, that's part of stewarding as well. It's part of a sense of bringing love and bringing a kind of care, a kind of um, uh, sympathy. You know, that's what, actually that is a resonance in Chinese medicine with earth and with the spleen is sympathy. And so often we think of sympathy as something that's problematic because it takes us into a way we get too corded into people. But to be sympathetic to the earth, to be sympathetic to nature, to be sympathetic to one another, as long as we're feeling healthy and whole in ourselves, that is extraordinarily beautiful to receive and to offer offering our kindness, our sympathies. When we talk about, you know, the the, um, uh, the fires that are going on in the Amazon, and then that is the lungs of, of the earth, the lungs are correspond with grief. And so we are grieving. 
And we do feel that, just like you said, so the trees are all connected. They're feeling under the earth and they're feeling connected to the earth as in that oneness. They are feeling in some level um, the violence of that, the loss of that. And so the more intuitive we get, we feel that as well. And we feel that certainly as women. And it's breaking our hearts. And so, you know, in that sense, like you talk about, in the powerless, in the grief, in, in all of the emotions that we're having, not to lose sight that, that it's very important that as if we think about ourselves as mothers, uh, that we think about ourselves as sending mothering energy as a verb, as part of our action, you know, is, is in the, how we feel the call to action, but also the call to action includes the dissemination and the articulation of our breath and of our care as one of of connection, and that we're sending that that love becomes one of um, of, of of a vibration we all feel if that makes sense, you know, to one another and to uh, out that we send through the winds, you know, and that it's all the offerings that we make, you know, that we are stewards and we are. Um, uh, we are bringing and tending the care that we have in some tangible way. Virgo invites us to do that, to be practical mystics, to bring it forth, you know, in an everyday way. Um, it's, it's, it's the call and response. Um, and so that's a beautiful remembrance. And thank you for, for asking us to do that and to invite our children to do that and to create little altars outside or just to say, you know, how can we thank the trees and thank our food and, and be part of that while it's still growing and as we're, we're watering our plants and feeling the beauty of what grows from what we plant. You know, it's, it's really that kind of a simple awareness of life all around us. Yeah, and thank you for bringing up um, practical magic because right now it feels like a time where we really need to use our tools. Many of us have learned different modalities or ways of um, keeping ourselves rooted or clear, clearing our emotions. And for me, something that I have been doing recently and I would really recommend is breath work. And one of the teachers that I really appreciate her uh, approach, her name is Erin Telford. And she has a free seven-minute breathwork session on YouTube um, that you can get on her website. And I've been doing that in the evenings, and it really helps to move energies and emotions that can feel overwhelming. And it's like a self-healing practice that it's clearing things so that we can show up and actually be in service and not overwhelmed by our own stuff. I think it's really helpful for everyone over the course of this lunation because when we get to... um, with all of these um, planets that are in Virgo, they're going to be pretty um, particular in this notion of revitalizing and taking stock, like I said, about what's happening with us that can be in greater healing for ourselves on all levels. And so don't, you know, try to get too scared if different things come up relative to warning signs or wake-up calls. It's just uh, a way in which we'll pay attention to taking action on what we really wanted to. And, and understand inside of that will be something that will be like, okay, I'm making it real and it's time for us, you know, whatever that might mean, those little hiccups. But keep remembering as you're doing the over overview 
that we are, remember the power of this summer and what we went through this summer with the eclipses and with that retrograde. So just note it again, like not only it's good to be over it, but to say actually what came through. Because what's going to happen is we're going to have the full moon in um, Pisces, and that will be around the 14th, 15th. And so when we go into the full moon and move into that, uh, in Pisces, like I said, that's going to be that sense of our revitalizing, a sense of faith, our values, our belief systems, and we're really going to feel a more certain way about um, what and who we really are and being our own guru, for lack of a better word, our own teacher, our own practitioner of what we guide ourselves with. The um, stones that I think will be really helpful, uh, there's so many, right? But I, I think garnet can be really helpful. Garnet is a beautiful stone. It's an earth um, sign and it's got that rich color. It's not very expensive when it's raw. So garnets can be really beautiful. Malachites offer a lot of healing. Remember these two, um, you know, the Virgo and the Pisces, they have a lot to do with healing. And what I also love about the malachite is it's got all of those, um, it, it, it almost looks like a tree because it's got like the rings of the green. Um, and so that's really beautiful. It's got a he beautiful healing energy to it and that sense of the layers of healing that are in play. Um, and also, I really like smoky quartz when we're doing detox and cleansing and clearing because inside a smoking quartz, remember they're quartzes, there's a lot of rainbows in the smoky quartzes. And I love that, that you know, while we're still kind of doing that work of cleansing and clearing, there's always the miracle, always that seven, you know, the seven rays of, of light, so to speak. And then finally with flower essences, actually, uh, you know, I was thinking about different things that we can use during the lunation and definitely use whatever divination you use. But two, that I think because we're paying attention to the earth and we're paying attention to nature right now, medicine cards, Jamie Sam's, uh, medicine cards can be really lovely uh, in terms of the allies that are working with us right now that perhaps have information. Remember, Mercury have information for us. And um, I don't know how many of you, it's a, it's an, it's a, a beautiful divination guide. It's really simple. It's called the, the um, Celtic Tree Oracle, a system of divination. And they're it goes with those oracles. And so the one that I picked for us right before we got on our call today was um, beach. And so beach, um, as a flower essence, actually can work with. Um, beach in this divination system has to do with something from the past that is worth bringing up to the present. So it might be something from our, you know, our origin that, that we might have discounted. But as a flower essence, it can be when we become too harsh with ourselves, like critical of self and others, can soften the critical nature. And one of the lower octaves of Virgo is Virgo because it is about order and it is about uh, wanting things to flow well. Um, Virgos can be, um, for lack of a better word, if we look, if we took it, Virgo is the queen of the eye roll. Virgo can be the um, I told you so energy because Virgo sees it. Virgo's pretty intuitive. And Virgo is like, hey, I got a map for us. I can figure this out. And then everybody that messes things up or doesn't get with the program and then sits there and, you know, kind of calls up the Virgo for like, I need your help. 
And then, of course, we get martyrs. So it's like, okay, I'll come in and rescue you, but not without one or two eye rolls or I told you so. So we can get harsh with ourselves and harsh with others. So I loved that. That's another um, flower essence that can be really helpful is beech. Blackberry, if you're feeling some procrastination and Virgo's you know, kicking your butt. And I always feel that way about certain things in my life, like taxes and doing accounting. That's an element of my business I really don't like. And yet, guess what? It is there. And so the more I surrender to it, the more, you know, I feel better. So blackberry can be really good. And chestnut bud, it helps us with um, not repeating old patterns that get us into, you know, kind of Again, the hamster wheel, the suffering, and this too polarity can bring us into suffering if we don't learn from it and create better kind of evolution with it. So I think it's going to be a good month for practicing what can be better ways to up-level ourselves and bring our consciousness to it and our voice and our daily kind of attention and seeing it as a spiritual practice. Honestly, you know, in the mundane is the greatest spirit. It's not always... You know, again, the, the Pisces illuminating high, high mountain, you know, beautiful kind of expansive thought, but we have to take it into our practical or it'll float away like a cloud. Thank you so much for those wonderful tools and things that we can hold on to and use. Yeah, as things shift and change into the fall season and globally, collectively, <laughs> there's just a lot, but um I'm really grateful for that insight. I know that you have uh, an event coming up for those of our listeners who are in New York City or the East Coast area. I would love to, for you to tell our listeners about what's happening. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm going to be doing an offering um, and it's available if you want to link up or, or for more information, it's on uh, my link tree in, um, on Instagram, uh, it's in Facebook and also on my website landing page. And I'm offering um, an Equinox gathering for women, those who identify as female. And it's going to be a beautiful gathering to honor um, and the harvesting of our inner wisdom. And so it's basically going to be a fall equinox, and that'll be in New York City. And so I'm taking the power of the Circle East, and we'll see what transpires. I'm really excited to bring a circle of women together. And um, the women who are uh, have said yes to the calling already, I can feel how powerful these women are. And so I'm already humbled and, you know, excited slash nervous about being in the presence of these incredible women that we can come together and really um, do some wonderful um, clearing and uh, discovery of what we want to bring forth for the fall. So if you're interested and you're in or feel like driving over to be with us in New York City, all the information is on the website, uh, again, our Instagram and social. And uh, and then we have a save the date for the uh, April 30th through um, the 3rd of May, and that will be in Santa Fe again for our annual gathering. It's the 20th gathering, so I'm super excited about that. But we'd love to have you with us, and hopefully we'll have Dorothy with us as well. And we had a beautiful time last, not to put her on the spot, um, but she brings a lot of medicine to us. And for those of you who don't know, she has an unbelievable capacity uh, in her voice and in the way she brings song as prayer. So um, she's pretty awesome. So we, we, we love to invite her into that uh, 
into that space that is very healing and uh, allows us to liberate our voice. Thank you, Susan. And yes, I highly recommend if you've been feeling like you need the support of sisterhood or you want to find yourself in a circle of shared intention and heart, uh, whether, you know, the New York event or looking forward to this retreat in April, early May, they're really wonderful places to be held and to also be seen and heard and just unite. So check it out if you are feeling a little inkling of the call or you feel like, yes, I want that. And I'm looking forward to the retreat myself. So thank you so much, Susan. Absolutely. And, um, uh, just encourage everybody to keep uh, the conversation going on uh, the Moonwise uh, Facebook page. It is a wonderful way to share um, and to, to hear that call and responsive community. And so um, I know how much we, we really appreciate not only the feedback about the podcast and, and uh, the other um, beautiful leaders uh, and wisdom keepers that Dorothee brings forth in her podcasts, um, but also that exchange. And we, I mean, we're always enjoying and appreciating what you you um, share with us through the written form on that that page. So we look forward to um, having more dialogue in that form as well. And I think it's also really important in this time where we feel very alone and we feel really scared to realize that we can share resources, but we're also um, sharing our intention of feeling seen and heard um, in this time, uh, you know, of this planetary wake-up call. Thank you so much, Susan. I'm wishing everyone a beautiful month and sending you all love. And until next month, we'll convene again. Absolutely. Take care. Lots of love. Thank you for listening to the show. You can find Susan's work online at everydaymedicinewoman.com and at Susan Lipschitz on Instagram. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate us on iTunes and leave a review. You can also leave a comment on the Moonwise Sisterhood Facebook group. If you're not in the group yet, just search Facebook for Moonwise Sisterhood and answer two quick questions to join. And if you haven't heard the recent Moonwise episode about standing for the sacred, I recommend giving it a listen. In the episode, I speak with Native Hawaiian water protector Pua Case, who is currently on Mauna Kea with her family and community working to protect their sacred mountain from desecration. Pua shares her urgent update about the threat to Mauna Kea. We talk about standing for the sacred, the spirit of place, the importance of traditional ceremonies, and building a nation. Pua also shares some specific ways that you can help support the movement. Listen to that episode and our previous episodes at moontent.co or subscribe to the Moonwise podcast on iTunes. Our theme music is by Sophie Cooper from her album Rewilding, whose amazing work you can find at voicealchemy.com. See you next time.